Francisco. Love that. Oh, also, I love how you're opening this. You don't even know what it is. Nah, like, I just, I mean, you put some little green shit in front of me. I'm like, cool, yeah. Just basically came from the ground. It's called Magic Mind. It's a productivity shot, as they call it. Wow. It's actually really good. It boosts energy and focus. It crushes procrastination, although I still procrastinate when I drink this sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know. That might be false label, but... <laughs> It's a great company, and they keep sending me these, so I keep sharing them. Love that. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. It's good stuff. Bottoms up. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Yeah. It's an acquired taste. I like it. Not bad. It's like a, hey, this, it's a, it's a journey. It tastes very earthy. Well, yeah, it's like up front, it was kind of sweet, and then it was earthy, and then it has this like kind of familiar taste in the back end. It's, yeah, it was a journey. Somebody described it, I think it was frequent on the podcast, as it tasting like organic shampoo. You know, it kind of, I actually can't untaste yeah, that now. now yeah. yeah, some sort of organic uh, cleaning material. It's really good though. It's it cleans on the inside, huh? Yeah, dude. If you could just drink or eat cleaner at home and it was good for you, like oh. why not? Yeah, man. It I'm telling you, great. just didn't die. Yeah, so Out, <laughs> outright die. Yeah, just clean and drinking bleach. Just like okay, let's get these insides nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try this at home kids <laughs> don't try this at home but dude good to have you on the podcast thanks for sharing your new pen we should shout out the new things you're doing you've got a lot going on right there now. there are some so. things happening yeah uh i mean yeah we could talk about the pen first uh shout out to exit dispensary exit 243 um quite literally yeah dish, dish, quite literally exit uh 243 on your way out to idaho springs nice um Gorgeous little dispensary on a hill. When you come off the exit, you'll see it. There's no missing it. Yeah, we'll be dropping our line of cartridges next month, crossing our fingers on a specific launch date. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're still trying to tackle the exact name, tossing a couple ideas around. Yeah, but I'm excited. I, I, when, when is that dropping? Is there like a date? We're, we're trying March 14th. Um, but we're still trying to get the place to hold the event. We want to do a launch event slash like a performance showcase some of this new music as well. Nice. Um, shooting for the 14th. I believe it's a Thursday, but, uh, Dude, I don't even know what today is. I yeah, think today, no. <laughs> I think today is what there is a Friday, maybe. Right. That's yeah. sick, though, man. Congratulations, that's yeah, really cool. You, and uh, you. you've also you're working on a new album. It's Correct. your first album, right? Uh, under yeah. your your name, the Correct. the Parisian. Yeah, right, I've yeah. like I've worked or recorded under a bunch of different projects. Never recorded an album of my own. Um, I've got a single out now. I had another single out, but I took it down i had some weird issues with this distribution company mm. not to like shit talk but it wasn't distro kid was it nah <laughs> okay. it was this i mean yeah just had a had a bad issue with uh trying to get this music out properly and so, so i i don't i don't understand that sorry i don't mean to no you you're off. fine like how, i mean this is like 2024 like distribution should be the most automated and streamlined at this point, well, it's you know, just like, not. It is. It, there are many ways to easily distribute your music, but there's not many ways to get that music heard above other things. You know what I mean? Is is yeah? I don't know how many singles are being uploaded to distribution yeah, companies a, a, a day. Yeah, you know, so, so it's like if you're just uploading your music on your own, you're just it's an uphill battle that I don't really see any benefits. In it. I mean, unless you're like a Chance the Rapper. You're dropping shit independently, and it's getting massive plays. Yeah. Um, but even he st- kind of stopped doing that. But I just feel like to release music properly, you need the help of a label or a distribution company, someone that knows someone at Spotify or Apple Music that can just 
get your music on these playlists that have millions of followers and you know there's there's a, a method to doing it which is getting onto some specific playlists and it's kind of hard to do that independently I feel like a bunch of labels are pushing different artists. I, I don't really know how it works. If I could do it by myself, I would love to just do it by myself. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there could be a lot involved. It definitely helps to know people who can put you on these curated playlists and get those streams. Exactly. So definitely, that's what I'm yeah. hoping for when it comes to releasing this upcoming music. That's cool, man. You've already showed me some of it, and it slaps. It's really, really good. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah, definitely like a, like a chill hop. I don't want to lump it into that genre. Like, I feel like it's definitely... I don't definitely, even know what to call it. I'm just yeah. making shit here. Yeah, it's like, what are genres anymore, really? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I'm just... After the Dilla show, I came home, like, literally that night. I already had five tracks for this EP to release. And I came home from the Dilla show and was just so inspired and... For, pe- for people listening, this is the Jay Dilla tribute show that you played. Correct. Yes. Yes, I, I did a Dilla tribute at Ophelia's on the 1st of February. Yeah, and it was dope. I was there. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, every time I can do a Dilla tribute, I will always do a Dilla tribute. Yeah, I mean, if you catch the next one next year, or who knows, maybe I'll try to bring the Dilla tribute out more than once a year. Yeah, I think people would show up for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to do that. And there's oh. a killer crew, too, playing with you. Oh, yeah. Borum. Yeah. Shout out Borum. Borum. Shout out Will Gaines. Yep. Shout out Isaiah, or, uh, Isaac. Isaac from Talk. Yeah. yeah. Isaac, the OG. Yeah. yeah. My boy. Yeah, he's dude, he's a killer drummer. Yeah, of course. I'm a drummer, so I appreciate him. Oh, I mean, he absolutely slaps. We have a side project together called The Tomorrow People. Um, yeah, he's the first musician in Denver. When I wanted to put my project together, that I was like, all right, well, I at least need this man to be a part of i need yeah consistent just amazing musicianship it's not even the drums this man is a fantastic vocalist yeah this man is a great musician in general has a great ear for all music so yeah that's that's my man it's my right hand man yeah definitely i feel like it's easier to like be comfortable on stage and really express yourself when you know that everybody around you is like not gonna mess up <laughs> yeah yeah well or just like everybody cares about the music as much as i do yeah you know that's exactly. the biggest thing is like i'm gonna hire these people we're gonna go up here we have a rehearsal for a couple hours the day before yeah and yeah just to make sure everyone understands entrances and endings and because with the dilla samples especially i was trying to tease some of the earlier pieces of the songs that he sampled to, so you can kind of see where the sample lies in the song, I guess. Yeah. Just working with great musicians like that and trying to execute and pay tribute to such a crazy artist is always great. And having people that care about the music as much as I do is yeah, all you can ask for. Man, for sure. You did plug in Ableton Live right now. Is this something on the new EP that you have coming <laughs> this out? This is. So I've, I've like secretly been teasing this track in my latest couple videos. It's not really done. It ends very abruptly. I haven't figured out how I really want to end the song or, or start it. But yeah, this is a track that I currently call... I'm actually going to call it Take Your Time. So I've, the melody that the trumpets are playing, I'm eventually going to put lyrics to. And the only lyric that I can keep hearing during the chorus is take your time. And I'm a big, big advocate of uh, taking your time. Yeah. I, I mean, you couldn't get me to rush for shit. Anyone that really knows me, yeah. like, you can't get me to rush at all. You couldn't get me to rush if you tried. So, yeah, you took your time getting to the podcast episode, which actually really worked out because <laughs> yeah. I was troubleshooting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to end up calling this track take your time. Um, but yeah, I give it a little. 
little play shot. We play through the whole track and then uh, go for it, dude. Yeah. appreciate you yeah man that was really nice i'm experimenting with like shorter song length just to Me get too. more plays i Me guess too. i don't know why am <laughs> i gonna spend all this extra time writing like a longer song when i'm not gonna dj the whole thing exactly. if i do play it live and right. or like streaming like if people see how long you stream or the algorithm in spotify if it's shorter like more plays more plays in my opinion, yeah, yeah it makes sense to me yeah right? yeah but there's also times where you just want like a longer track. Like if you're Correct. doing a jam for a band or something, you know, there's yeah. a place too. Well, I mean, I yeah, I've played in several different bands where like the live tra- or the recorded album track is just like the live track, which is a full ass composition with a solo in the middle. It goes back to this yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm just like maybe I'll do that live, but for like the studio version. Well, you could even make you could even sweet. copy and paste this and like mute stuff for live performance with your band and just jam or on a riff Absolutely. or like you know. You know, 16 bars, whatever. Yeah, that's, I mean, definitely that's, with my live sets, I love bouncing all of these different channels down and then, yeah, I can strip back different elements or play along with like, if I want the shakers or any of the percussions and things like that. Yeah, that was kind of my big reason into getting into Ableton is to add the production from the studio to the live 
setting yeah. essentially yeah i mean i spent time working with laura escaday i know i've talked about her on the podcast a lot but she's like the queen of like live performance playback tech in ableton she's taught me a lot about that world but yeah maybe go through the project like show us a couple things yeah i mean so normally i start with some sort of chord progression um which is down here but yeah everything's broken down where it's usually three or four major groups the drum group being the top group i have triggers for the kick and the snare turned off can you click on that real quick i'm just i just want to nerd out for a hot second on the kick also, <laughs> you, dude, you're like me where you, like you get lazy, you have a trigger as a kick, but you got a full drum rack. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm just like, bam, I'm dropping the whole thing in. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I go back later. I was like, why are my files so big? And then I'm like, oh, Dan, you've got a big drum rack you don't need. <laughs> exactly. No, it's the same thing for my snare. Exactly. I had to call you out. Sorry. Yeah, no, nah, please. Part. One thing I've I've like learned and I like to do is like I have like a specific click trigger that I always use. It's usually just like a like a snap that has no sustain at all, like really mm-hmm. short. So if you like go to the kick real quick, mm-hmm. this is something maybe that that you might try because it gives you more control over the side chaining on the compressor with the release time. Mm-hmm. So you could really tighten that because right now the kick is a six oh six, which has a long sustain. Right. Which means that once that long sustain finishes, then the compressor side chain is going to kick in. Mm. So if you have a really, really short click sound for your kick trigger or snare trigger, then you can, I usually set like 0.01 milliseconds, whatever, on the compressor for the side chain. And then you can really dial in that release time to exactly the speed of the track or what you want with the relationship with the bass. Interesting. Yeah. So like, I mean, you could even use that, but like just even take the end, like... Um, cut just, the end off yeah exactly pull all the way up there to like, like until i start to see the wobble or whatever like even or even way, closer way closer really yeah like all the way to the end like keep going usually i do some and there's no really right, like this even shorter there's nothing <laughs> well because because really all it is is you just it's wanna, just sending that signal that's just all signal. i'm no, of course, just want a of signal course. but honestly dude there's no rules you know live your life there's <laughs> i mean that's how i feel you know like it's ableton it's creativity Mr. Bill had like a couple good alternatives as well for like side chain triggering and stuff. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Duck Buddy by Slink. I think he just updated it. So it's like working better now. I use Duck by uh, Devious Machines. I mean, there's a lot of different programs that side chain. Kickstart 2 is um, sometimes I'll use that. It's real cheap too. I think it's like 20 bucks or something. Oh, I like that though. That looks... (laughs) I like the interface. Yeah, same. Carnes. I mean, all the programs that I bought, yeah. Chris Carnes told me to buy. Shout out to Chris Carnes. Join the podcast, Chris. Bro. Let's hang yeah, out, dude. Let's Matt, talk. I'll come back on, Carnes. We'll do it together. Big shout out to Chris Carnes. He's taught me more about Ableton than anyone else. This episode is sponsored by Baby Audio. They create all kinds of cool instruments and effects plugins. They have a new release called Atoms, which is out now. Atoms is a new kind of synth plugin that uses cutting-edge physical modeling to generate an endless variety of organic and otherworldly sounds. It's a really cool synth. They also make some other really dope plugins. Highly recommend checking them out. Just go to babyaud.io to learn more. And save 15% off any order that you may code AMP15, that's AMP15, all capital letters. Also check out a link in the show notes of this episode for more details. Go check out Baby Audio, they make cool stuff.
So yeah, uh, you route this to your kick trigger or snare trigger? Yep, exactly. Um, depending on, and then yeah, they route it down here, and then so yeah, drum group all of my drum sounds. Then everything that is not a drum sound is uh, added to the no drums group, and then after I always have the bass, the first thing in the no drums group, because then after that I have a no bass group. So I can just EQ everything out of the way of the bass once I find where the meat is, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, which is that. And then, yeah, all of my keyboard sounds and auxiliary sounds and things will go in that group. And then I've got several, I think three different trumpet groups. There's like an overarching trumpet melody, background horns, nice. intro background, background one. And background stabs, background pads. A lot of backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to layer trumpets more than anything. No, for sure. I mean, you're <laughs> yeah. a sick trumpet player, too. If, Appreciate uh, you. If people listening haven't seen you, I uh, hope to catch another show, especially with the new album release. Like, yeah, yeah. Be, this, this is a hot track, man. I appreciate you. I really like it. And then on the master, what was that plug-in that you were talking about, oh, the man. God one? The God particle. The God particle. Yeah, I had I've, to turn it off because it's a beefy boy. but uh, I've heard about it. Oh, I just haven't played with it. Wow, this that's a big amount. The got the 150%. Yeah, this is how big the... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, bro, it goes to 200. I'm like, that's aggressive. What's the point of having 100 if there's a 200? Like, yeah. But, yeah, so I used to keep this amount at 100 and just experimenting on my own and how different things sound and watching some videos of a bunch of different producers that use it. Yeah, decided to mess around in between 100 and 200 Cool. Found a sweet spot of 150. And then, yeah, all these different parameters kind of show you how beefy your track should be, I guess. I'm not exactly sure how this thing works, but it's a mastering. Yeah. No, um, it's interesting. I'm, like, looking at it right now. It's, like, 120 bucks. It looks like it was developed by um, mastering engineer Jason Joshua. He's worked with a lot of legit artists. And apparently it's going to have a preset um, setting in here where, like, a bunch of different other producers presets within this hmm. program you can use i'm not exactly sure yeah. how that's it doesn't really have much information of what it's really doing on their <laughs> website that i can find right now it's hard and like if i were to turn it on and play a track it would it's it would make the thing yeah. so much louder so it's Is hard it, to kind of describe looks with, like it's kind of a blend of an eq and maybe like uh like compressor for sure like limiter built-in type of thing yeah it's gorgeous when it's running too it's like i could Maybe mute the channel and show you. I don't know. It's it's a really pretty program. Like it looks yeah. like deep space or some shit when it's running. I've really enjoyed Golfos, Golfos EQ. They have like d different plugins under Golfos. There's a master one that I like for master EQ. It's like the most subtle thing ever. It's like extremely subtle. But like if you just need your mix a little brighter or just a little tighter. I find it's like a nice little sweetener, like right. on top kind of thing. This is, man, adds so much like breath and beef to your shit. I don't, I don't yeah. really understand it, but what I've understood between my tracks with it on and without it on. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. And like I'm sitting here mixing everything to make sure that my master channel isn't peaking or anything like that. You know, when I use the uh, God Particle on a track, play my song and then back to back it with a song on Spotify. So it brings things up to this industry standard volume. And then it has all of these kind of, I mean. I've been trying to do more mastering just with stock Ableton stuff. I've had some really fun results lately. 
like using OTT on my master. Yeah, I mean, oh, I haven't used that. I use that on my trumpet. I use a couple different OTTs. Really? On my master now. Yeah, my buddy sent me one of his mastering racks, and he rents. Shout out to my homie rents, <laughs> dude. He's a great sound designer. Um, he's really good, but. You just basically pull the input levels like all the way down. I wish I could share my screen because you're running. So if you go to down bottom right, there's a TBA. That's the uh, the ratios and thresholds. Um, but yeah, like, and then I'll usually play with the low frequency crossover and the split frequencies on the left. Yeah, if you click that, you can drag it to like maybe like 120 or something. And so that way everything below 120 is going to get a little bit of a hug or it's going to be and then, um, and then I'll adjust the highs based off how bright I want it and stuff. And then dial in the amount overall with a global wet. I find a way to like kind of just give it a little warm hug. And then I'll also use like a glue compressor with the slowest attack and the fastest release. And then just a bunch of EQ and limiting after that. Maybe fastest little... attack, slowest release. I usually put that first in my chain. Yeah, the slowest attack, fastest release. And then I'll just pull down the threshold and I'll like give it a minus like two minus one or two db just so it's like barely tapping that threshold so like it's just bumping just a little bit of a hug and um yeah and i'll just do a bunch of eq and limiting that's pretty much my mastering chain now because that's the thing is like I, i'm trying to get better at mixing because mastering is really just like the final little tweaks of course like you know yeah. so there's always a billion ways to do stuff but i find that's kind of how i start with that and then i can turn the makeup gain and i don't even use a limiter a lot of times anymore the makeup, yeah. I'm just slamming stuff red <laughs> into the... And it sounds good, dude. Oh, wow. If you bounce it and it's clipping, like there's a clipper built into the output stage of, La of Ableton. Wow. So it, it'll actually chop off those peaks. Carnes so. has been mixing things louder. He says his... Yeah. I don't even use like peak limiting anymore. Like I just... Interesting. I'm always just trying to touch that bar. Yeah. Like, you know, green. I'm not trying to go over the... Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like it's clipping it basically. So at, at some point, like it's not going to go past zero. If you want it loud, especially with the glue compressor, of course. Yeah, it, I think it just sounds good. I, I mean, I have glue compressors on each individual channel. Like my drum, oh, yeah, like there we go. Yeah. My drums have one. Everything is like mixed very wild, but. But your track sounded good. I, I hope you don't think I'm just like. No, not at yeah, all. I take good. all the advice. I'm like mastering chain is something. The least I know about. There's a lot to learn still that I'm learning. You know, we're all learning until we die. Mixing, I feel pretty solid on how I mix things. Yeah. I, pr I pretty much mix everything the exact same. Yeah. I follow the same kind of visual guides on sure. volumes. and. That's a cool track, man. Appreciate you. So what is your, the Parisian lineup going to look like? like live. Yeah, like for your live stuff. Yeah, four piece, this, hopefully. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, one day I would love to have hella horns on stage. Yeah, just a symphony. <laughs> yeah, just like honestly. Let's go. But I guess realistic, uh, yeah, four-piece. Myself, a bass player, keys, and a drummer. Okay. That'd be tight. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, exactly. The Parisian troupe is what I call it. So TPT is my shorthand for trumpet in Ableton. And that has expanded to like, oh, I should use those initials for like a group or something. And I'm like, oh, the Parisian. And I'm like, ah, oh, what's a thing? It starts with a T. And I Googled hella shit. And the only thing that made the most sense to me was just call it a troop. 
<laughs> so I was like, all right, yo, the Parisians troop, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I was yes, like, sir. I want to use TPT because that's just my shorthand for trumpet. Yeah. Hey, troop is cool. Yeah, yeah, troops are lit. That's troops like, are lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Parisian troop is lit, at least. Assemble yeah. the troops. Let's you know, go. You know, yeah, and there's some hard hitting motherfuckers. So. And who are those people again? I mean, currently, Will Gaines, Isaac Teal, and uh, Borum Lee. Okay. Yeah, trying to, you know, lock those boys down as much as I can. But each one of them are so busy with their own projects. There are a lot of projects. Yeah, yeah. Isaac being in talk, and he leads his own shit. Borum leading his own shit. Break Science and the Pretty Lights gang. And then... Uh, Derek's going hardcore now these days. Yeah, correct. I mean, they're... Yeah, he's playing a lot. Good, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that hiatus was dope for him and yeah. for a bunch of people. And some time off was really needed. Yeah, I feel like it's time the music to hit back and the boys have been absolutely crushing i haven't seen one of the new shows i actually sat in with them before the hiatus um pretty lights yeah down yeah. in new orleans like i did this second line following Derek on the back of this truck how long ago is that man this was like 2015 or 16 because he went to new orleans and he did worked on an album he, with a I bunch of different there okay yeah i didn't, I didn't actually know that yeah if i'm not mistaken not to like put his info out I there. I thought he lived here in Colorado. Here's his address. Yeah. Just write that down. I'm like, not to blast a man's shit. Yeah, I'm Drury Lane, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But nah, yeah. So we did this like second line where we started at like Kermit Ruffin's club or, or something like that. And yeah, Derek was set up on the back of this like truck, big ass speakers, and was like DJing. He had hella horns following him on the truck. And it ended up being under this bridge complex, this massive bridge, and like, yeah, and then we, which were, we met the band, which was on stage, and then the kind of horns bounced. But yeah, I sat in with Derek and the squad at one point. That's tight. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. That Long like winded a good story, time. but <laughs> that was that was probably like right after his Color Map of the Sun album. Maybe I'm not exactly sure. To be completely honest, I'm not as uh up to date with this music as i should be i'm not either honestly i used to listen to him a lot yeah i mean everyone that i know that knows him very well like closely regards this man as an absolute genius and the people that say this i regard as geniuses yeah i swear you know it's like karns Deitch, all of his bandmates are like this man is a genius like he's been doing it a long time yeah and it's a game changer too yeah, so and an innovator, man. Like an, he exactly, take, exactly. He takes a exactly. lot of risks with his music, which I really respect, especially in the live performance with his new setup. He's taking like full tracks, mixing it live while improvising with a band, and he's controlling like the main output mix that everybody's hearing <laughs> on a mixer with like I think he's using tractor or something and like exactly. throwing a bunch of stuff in there and mixing the live band together, which is really cool man like that's that's definitely not the safest way to do it <laughs> no but apparently it's <laughs> but, effective yeah yeah and, and it's, it's real and it's, it's new. real yes exactly. it's new every time exactly, so exactly. you never get the same thing and it's like how many artists have you went to see or you heard the same thing over and I over mean, you know it's pretty normal and, and yeah. so it's pretty cool that like you you go to see a show you go see it a week later it's gonna be a different experience right that's really cool right yeah. i mean i aspire to that to put on a live performance that is new every time and that people will flock to come see, you know? Yeah. 
Um, they will. Yeah. <laughs> they will, <laughs> we're dude. hoping. We're hoping. Well, you've definitely got a lot of experience, like with Harry, like playing with Harry Styles. And yeah, yeah. Done a lot of touring and shows with him. <laughs> a lot. A lot, dude. He seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He seems pretty cool. Absolutely. Super yeah. down to earth. Shout out to the boy. Just turned 30. Oh, dude, he's um, young. Yeah, he young whole man. Life ahead I know, I know. Yeah, nah, a ton of touring. Yeah, broke a bunch of records. Did a bunch of shit I never, ever expected to be a part of. Um, so, yeah, huge shout-outs to the kid for uh, and his team for bringing me along and allowing me to be a part of a bunch of history, a shit yeah. ton of history, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, like, broke a lot of records, it seems like. Madison Garden? Madison Square. Madison Square. Yeah, yeah. Sold out, like, 15 nights of residency or exactly. something. Exactly. So, yeah, That's he wild. had... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they announced 10 shows, I think, originally, and those sold out immediately, so I think they added five more, and those also <laughs> sold out. They probably could have kept going, um, but we had some other places to get to, I think. <laughs> I don't exactly know, not to like speak for tour. We're getting tired of selling out this <laughs> venue every night, so we're just going to do something else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, we... Ended up breaking a, a record at MSG. It's cool, man. Um, I will be a part of a banner that will sit in MSG forever, hopefully. That's beautiful. Um, it is, man. It's. I mean, it, it made me cry. I genuinely cried when they put the banner up just to think of, I don't know, the journey to get to this place. And yeah, never thought I'd even see a performance in Madison Square Garden to be honest I don't know what what's going to take me to MSG yeah and the next thing you know we're ending out a 15 night residency where That's they're putting cool. up a banner <laughs> yeah I'm like what the hell just happened yeah. you know I think it's well deserved man I like, appreciate you're you. really talented and you clearly work really hard so yeah 100% how did you end up meeting Harry I mean his management called me I get a call from his management asking if I wanted to be added to a horn agency. It, they were, it, was, it wasn't specific right up front. It wasn't like, yo, this is for Harry Styles. I did sign an NDA, so we'll have to figure out exactly what can and cannot be on this podcast. Yeah, but, I can edit it out. Well, yeah, exactly, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I get a call. They're like, we're trying to build a horn roster in LA. Um, do you want to be a part of it? I'm like, yeah, definitely put me down. I'm you know, I don't want to say I don't live in LA. I'm like, I'll, I'll be there sure. for whatever you need, you know? Yeah. And maybe a month, month and a half later, I get a call that's like, cool, gigs come in. We're trying to put horns together for Harry Styles' Coachella performance. They're like, do you want to be the horn arranger? <laughs> I'm like, uh, can I get back to you on that? Yeah, that's I'm a like, commitment. That's a, I mean, it's a lot. And yeah. this is kind of my, it was my first experience at such a high level and being in charge of, all of the horns notes um you know if i fuck that up that could be black line from hollywood in my eyes so i yeah, you know i didn't yeah. want to answer immediately i don't like being put on the spot so can i call you back let me let me think about this as soon as i hung up the phone it was immediately it was like do i want to be part of the horn section or do i want to be the one that's you know assigning everyone to different parts and whatnot yeah it's a big um, responsibility yeah so i called him back told him i'd be down and coachella was the first performance with harry and the band and i uh, thought that would be it i genuinely thought like cool let's just go back to denver do my thing and uh, a couple months later yeah they're like we're you know about to do this massive residency tour across north america would you like to be a part of it and yes it's kind of taken off from there that's awesome man yeah you're you're originally from chicago right so 
by way of Chicago. So born in Detroit, uh, grew up in Springfield, Illinois, and then went to college in Chicago, um, where I lived before moving to Denver. So when did you move to Denver? How long ago? 2018. So pulling up on what? Six. That's just in time for COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I had a couple good years before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I was on the road a shit ton. I moved here to join a band called the Motet. Oh um, yeah, dude! I didn't know you played with Motet. Yeah, that's. I mean, they're the reason I moved to Denver. Um, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, the trumpet player Gabe Mervine, shout out to Gabe, um, was exiting the band, transitioning into his own career, and uh, yeah, they gave me a call. I was called between a couple different trumpet players. I ended up landing the spot and uh, moved out here January of 2018. Yeah, I love it here, man. This is a really cool place. Me too. Denver's great, man. It's it really gorgeous. Um, weather's usually great. You're always getting sun. Yeah, you're always getting sun. Vitamin D deficiency here is low. Yeah, like, yeah, not yeah. Not many people get that. I don't know if you could. It's. I mean, they say 300 days of sun. You can Google it. I don't know if you can trust Google or whatever, but the internet nowadays. But uh, Ask Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah. Bill Nye. Denver gets hella sun. Um, very friendly people. Very health conscious city. Um, it is big live music town. So being a live performer is great living here. I feel like it's the biggest, it's my main source of income. So living in a town that, uh, supports live music as much as Denver does is amazing. Yeah. Um, you can play any day of the week here in Denver and people are going to be there. Um, and then also I love weed (laughs) and you can't get in trouble for it. That's how it should be. Yeah, honestly, yes, sir. Facts. I agree. Yeah, I moved here from Indianapolis. It was a very different story over Midwest there. Boys. Yeah, Midwest boys. Like, Midwest. Why are we wasting tax dollars on arresting people for this? It makes no sense at all. Yeah, have, has Indiana uh, done anything to? Damn you, Harry Onslinger. <laughs> <laughs> have they done anything to progress towards legalizing marijuana, Indiana? No, not at all. It's not wreck. Not it's even, not medical. It's no, not nothing. Damn. I mean, I'm from Ohio originally. I like to say I'm from Ohio because that's my people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there it's it's uh, both now. So nice. I'm nice. pretty sure. Illinois too. Yeah. Like uh, Chicago or in Springfield where my mom lives, you can buy we yeah. in a dispensary. It might actually, I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm pretty sure Ohio, it's at least medical. Tight. It allows, yeah, also Ohio, 21 and over, you can buy and possess up to 2.5 ounces Oof. and grow up to six plants. You can only, that's recreationally. Or that's medically, I mean. I believe this is. There's no way they're allowing rec folks to this buy is more rec. than. No way. In Ohio, you can buy two and a half ounces of rec. In Denver, you're only allowed, or in Colorado, I think, in general, you're only allowed one ounce, which is fine. You know, I don't think you need more than an ounce a day. Yeah, dude, I'm not. <laughs> very rarely am I like, let me buy two and a half ounces for today. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg might be I'm doing that. Goals. Right now. Goals. Yeah, big goals. Get all my work out of the way. Get in that flow state. Maybe mess around the studio, come up with some ideas. Next morning, wake up. Hope it was still a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So do you record much vocals? Like no, I don't okay. record. I've never recorded my own vocals once. I'm really? actually very scared to. I need to ask my homie Lyle on mics and shit. Um, you, there's a lot of mics here. I could I could share a couple with you. Yeah, I would love that. I, yeah, I, I record my trumpet all the time. I know how to get it to sound just like I want, but it's very intimidating to uh, record my voice. I need. To, I also just don't know what how yeah. to write lyrics at all. Do you have like a vocal mic of any kind? No. No? No. Nah. 
there's a so this is going to be a shameless plug just as like a heads up like uh, they did sponsor the podcast but i really hey. really love the uh the pure tube by lewitt you can look it up too it looks really sexy it's like a tube mic but you can actually see the tube it's in a glass box in the microphone so you can see it like heating up when you turn it on it looks crazy oh actually don't worry about it don't worry about it but yeah it's really cool like you can see the tube inside of the microphone wow and uh it has like a really tight warm presence they made it specifically for vocals it's like they're really nice mic that they have they're top of the line the lt 900 or something i forget what it's called but uh, it's same mic they just took out all the fancy knobs on the actual amp that comes with it interesting but I mean, I'd love to give it a really good a vocal mic. Yeah. 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 Love that thing. But <laughs> nice. yeah, dude, you should record vocals. You got a great voice. That's all I was trying to say. <laughs> no, I will. I, I I mean, you're not the only person that's told me that. And I appreciate everyone that's told me that. Yeah. I've just for a long time only saw myself as a trumpet player. And within the last year or two, just, I don't know, realized that why not put out everything that I can do? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I can sing, so I'm going to try to sing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there are people that sing that, I don't know, not to talk shit or whatever. I feel like don't have, You're I don't know right. how to say this. Nah, I don't know how to say it. It's just like people sing regardless of their voice type. Like if you're going to sing, people are going to like it or not like it. I, I, it's a weird instrument. Yeah. Like the voice is the most vulnerable instrument of any instruments. I would argue that anyway, cause it's like. When you're singing, it's like a part of you. It's your sound as a as a person. Yeah. So it can feel like intimidating to sing. Because like I grew up singing in choir and like singing in like groups and stuff. And my mom was like a big vocal coach person. Oh, wow. Um, but I never sing now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And it's because I think it's like that like mental block of like... I don't know because it's dumb because like you should never think necessarily about is somebody going to like this. That's what my whole block was for the longest time. Yeah, and I'm still for whatever reason I've gotten that out of my head with producing and with every other parts of drumming or whatever. Right. But for the voice, it's just different. Yeah. Like, and I don't. I'm trying to break that this year. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like my whole philosophy nowadays is like I don't think about who may not like this anymore. It's more about. The people that are going to like my shit, like my mom, is my mom going to like this? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I think about it, my mom's going to like it, we're doing it. My mom <laughs> would want me to sing. I'm going to go sing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, dude, sing for your mom. That's literally you it, should. bro. It's like, yeah, my, I'm going to sing because my mom would want me to sing. <laughs> dude, I, <laughs> Cheeky reason, but I swear it's like if, you know. It's a good reason. Yeah. It's a good reason, bro. Yeah. And she's going to love it. <laughs> And that's all that matters. She does. And if you do it on a stage in front of other people, who cares? Exactly. As long as she it's, loves it. That's, bro, that's my whole philosophy. So as long as my mom yeah. digs it, I'm going to continue to do my thing. I had a mentor once when I was living in New York. And uh, he's like, he told me once, he's like, if you're ever nervous on stage, it's because you're being selfish. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, like, because all of your attention's on yourself. Wow. All you can think about is yourself in that moment. Yeah, and you're not yeah, yeah. giving, you're not being generous with your gifts to the right, audience right. and giving it out for people to experience. Wow. That's and really I was deep. Like, Damn, dude, that's good. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Definitely helps me yeah, in the moment now deep. when I feel yeah. like that. Even on this podcast, if I, for whatever reason, I'm feeling anxious that day or whatever, it's like, no, it's really not about me anyway. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Or that, I'm like, or I'm thinking, like, Everyone's just a normal, awkward ass human. Like, you know what I mean? Dude, That's what calls me down. It's like, yeah, oh man, yeah. sometimes I feel weird about shit. And then I'm like, nah, man, everybody's awkward. Everybody's super weird in their own head. Yeah. Like, just calm down, do your thing. 
you know? Yeah, that's a good mentality. Yeah, there's not a single person on earth that's not a weird-ass, awkward human. What is normal? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. I like that, too. Right. So, uh, do you have any other tracks that you want to share in here? I'd be curious to see. Absolutely. Also, another random question, unrelated, like, Mm -hmm. when it comes to horns, like, do you have any favorite VSTs for, like, brass that you found that you like? Because I know you probably record most of it. plugins. Yeah. Like, do you have any, like, horn plugins that you've discovered that you're like, this sounds pretty good? No. I don't. Yeah, I've never even looked into them. Okay. You know, when I I recorded horns for a friend, um, his name's Alex Breton. He leads a group called the Mile High Club, Sign of Stone Star Record. Good homies. Nice. Um, Yeah, I recorded horns for him once, and he showed me this really wild plugin um, that kind of scared me, but at the same time, it wasn't too intimidating. Um, where, yeah, you kind of tell it what style you want, if you want it to be very percussive, um, and it'll just punch out these horn lines that are like <laughs> impressive as a section. You Was can tell it, it you, session horns by maybe, contact. Maybe that's was it a native instruments contact. Thing? It was like years ago. Okay. That but it was something popular. that like <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, Oh shit. This really? is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, if I wanted to be percussive and like kind of like Neo solely vibes, or if I wanted to be this and this and yeah, you kind of click these parameters and just like dial it in, man, it dials. I that's, don't know if it has an unlimited source of inspiration, I don't know if it has a bunch of pre-recorded lines. I don't mm. know what's driving it yeah. to pump these lines out, but it kind of blew my mind. I, I wish I could tell you which plugin it was. It could be the session horns thing you're speaking of. Yeah, there's there's the session horns. Um, it was in, there's it was there's a lot of different plugins. There's East West. They make one. Uh, yeah, there's a couple different horn ones. A lot of them are like sound design generated. What does that mean? It was like basically like you make a waveform to sound like brass with like effects and stuff. Right. And then you can, most of them sound like shit. Yeah. A lot of them sound yeah. fake. This one in particular was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's I was a, like, Oh, cause I'm just wondering, like that would be interesting to I learn try to how to multi sample brass to play back. It's different than just multi sampling drums or a synth or whatever. Like I would think, cause the tonality, there's so much involved with brass right. to like capture that and multi sample. And that's why like most of the time I hear fake horns. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's why, I mean, as a horn player, I just rec- overdub hella trumpets Yeah. or flugelhorn or whatever else I can kind of get my hands on. But um, the real thing's always better, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I mean, except for this thing, man. This thing blew my mind. I mean, I also agree. The real, you can't beat a live horn section. Because there will never, like, if you record a live horn section, nobody's actually, if they play the same thing, it's not going to sound exactly the same. Nah. You can, I mean, so, I mean. You can get it pretty close. I nah, mean, there's some I mean, really at good some players. levels, yeah, at the, I mean, at the top level, you look at the waveform and they're it's a little dialed in. Nah, they're lined up. No, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, you've played with some really good artists. I mean, like when you capture like the raw audio of something, the tonality, the recording, every little detail is not going to be 100% of the exact same. Because you might record course. with different microphones. You might record with like, you know, somebody's just a little swinging on it or whatever. Like, right. Well, just good, good horn sections start and end at the exact same spot. Yeah. Like, well, for sure. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I'm talking about the tonality more. It's like I the see. recording, I guess. Yeah, yeah, saying. definitely. Who would you say are like the baddest people playing horns these days that you've played with? I mean, Rashawn Ross is like 
the call currently he plays with Dave Matthews band. Oh yeah. Trumpet dude. player for Dave. And, yeah. But I mean, just Lady Gaga, he the rep- Grammys. He's, he's like, he replaced, uh, Leroy, right? Not exactly sure. Cause Leroy passed away, I believe. Yeah. Well, I know that it's, um, Rashawn and Jeff Coffin right now play with Dave Matthews. Okay. Um, and yeah, Rashawn Ross is like the trumpet call basically. I, I mean, mm. he's a killer. Um, I mean, when we did the recording for Harry, I, I write a bunch of horn lines for uh, one um, musician from each section. So we had a saxophone player, an alto, a tenor, a berry, a trombone, and a trumpet. And yeah, we needed to record overdubs for the live performance. Yeah, I give everyone charts that day, and everyone on the spot plays everything together. I was like very impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just good studio musicians, give them a chart, bring them into the studio, they execute immediately. I always say, like, being in a horn section is like reciting a speech in tandem, like in harmony, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're speaking at the exact same time. You guys need to be doing it at the exact same rhythm and cadence, but you're all harmonized. The horns that I worked with, with Harry's group, all very, very impressive horn players. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the studio musicians that I really look up to are yeah, ones like Rashawn, Keon Harold plays with D'Angelo and Badu, a bunch of the neo soul shit. Nice. Chris Dave, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so when you're like writing out, like, what's your process look like for writing these lines oof, for these shows? Straight I, recording just, first. Really? Okay. I never am like writing writing. Like, if someone gives me horn lines and they need me to, rec- like, write horns to them, I need a track. You got to send me a track. Okay. Yeah. I listen to the track on repeat, and I'll be recording. And I'll first sing lines out loud. Yeah, my method is to sing. Your mom would love Some that. sort of method. <laughs> she would. Sure. I just don't know how to write lyrics, but yeah, yeah. Okay. My whole yeah. method is singing first, and then whatever feels comfortable you know, if I if I like singing it, I feel like there's a block sometimes between the horn and my true ideas. Mm-hmm. So if I don't start on the horn and use my voice to articulate the ideas that are in my head, makes sense. Then I'll bring the horn to it. So you're writing a lot of these from scratch just by singing out the melodies and then tracking them with horns. Exactly. Got it. So I'll sing out the main melody that I hear and then I'll go to record it and then I'll sit there with that on loop until I can hear the harmony under it and then I'll the harmony under that and yeah, generally harmonize it two or three times, and then yeah, then I'll write it out if I need to actually write it out for someone. But, Got it. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know. Like, I feel like it's probably different depending on whoever's like putting it and composing it together. Absolutely. Uh, do you like read a lot of sheet music for gigs, or is it mostly just recording? Sending it's mostly to you? recording. Sometimes people have sheet. Me- I'm very impressed when people have sheet music, but for the most part, if someone hires me for a gig, like a big gig where it's like. 20 songs on the set or whatever and it's a cover cover set say um yeah most of the time i will write my own charts okay um just so that i am comfortable on stage i mean trying to memorize 20 different songs for a gig is a lot don't get me wrong i know people do it but to make sure that i'm executing at the level that we need i always chart out whatever i need to be charted out so I read charts on most gigs, but not like I'm um, sight reading them, I, I guess. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I know that the process is probably different for a lot of people, you know, as yeah. far as like charting that out or like recording. I always record, yeah, record first and then chart out. Sing, record, chart. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, man. Actually, also just did a quick Google. I realized that uh, I think Laura Escudé does playback for Harry Styles. She, the the lady I told you that like. Yeah, yeah. She in runs the beginning, you talk about her all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Uh, I don't know if. So she has a team. She has a big okay. team yeah, of like yeah. playback engineers. Gotcha. That, so she probably, she's she, potentially. Yep. So she runs electronic creatives and that's her thing. Um, and then I don't know who the playback tech, it might be Greg or AJ or. I mean, the, the sound engineers, they were so, I mean, I, <laughs> they, like, there was like the big speaker sound guys. There were the speakers, the in-ear sound dudes, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a team for sure. There's a lot of people involved. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah. And playback was like, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, and again, hopefully this isn't like giving away any information, but playback was like in a truck. So like I rarely saw those guys. Yeah. They were like in a big ass truck somewhere backstage. Just running two laptops. Who knows? What? I actually never went in the truck. I should have. Yeah, you should go say, hey. Well, uh, no, I mean, I, I saw them all the time, and I would go to most people's worlds, most sound, you know, most stations backstage. Yeah. Never. I might know the, the person poster. running those laptops. Yeah. Because redundancy is kind of her thing for, like, big shows. I th- maybe the playback engineer is the guy I was talking about. His name's Snake is what he goes by. Um, But I don't know if Snake was the playback engineer or what exactly snake his title was but snake's the dude that i uh worked with harry's team that knows the god particle very well oh nice yeah yeah snake yeah big shout out to snake yeah yeah he's a homie cool i believe he was like big speaker playback i'm not exactly sure though i don't know there's definitely a lot of people that was a huge sound team yeah have you thought about any kind of production of maybe what you would want someday like as far as your setup if i get to that point yeah man i mean Got to hire Snake, obviously. Get Snake on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I would love to get lights incorporated into the show first thing. Yeah. You got to get the visual aspects. I mean, I learned a lot of different things working with Team Harry. I'm um, sure, yeah. About how to put on a live performance. Before working with Harry, um, I was not as interested in the visual aspect of the live performance. Yeah. You know, in my mind, you're coming here to listen to this music, not necessarily, you know, you're going to watch a bunch of dudes stand on stage while we play a bunch of music, you know? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really until I got into that world that I really thought like, oh no, people can see you too. Like, if you can sell this visual aspect as well, that it's just, it boosts the whole thing. Yeah. If you're not just a bunch of dudes with jeans on stage. Like, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> just in t-shirts yeah. and jeans and flip-flops. Like, yeah. if you're actually put effort into the clothes that you wear while you're on stage. If you try to interact and engage with the audience, all of these different things like lead to real fan, like growing a real fan base, like really connecting to fans. That's good. Um, And yeah, so I want to bring that aspect to my performance and live show. I, I need to be wearing very specific things on stage, not just clothes you would see me wearing any other day and so you had some cool jumpsuits that i saw oh man they had so many different jumpsuits for us nice did you Um, get to keep them i have one at home oh there you go yeah yeah they mailed it to me it was really tight they we also had we're like sponsored by vans our shoes so i had a lot of different pairs of vans and i got to keep all my vans yeah i got to keep most of my shit hey shout out to the boy (laughs) yeah facts you see that shoe shoe in the shoe of choice let's go 
Yeah, I mean, that was the two issue of choice. We had hella vans. Yeah, and it's comfy. They are. It's got good arch support, too. <laughs> for all those skateboarders. Yeah, yeah. Retired skateboarders. Right, right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. No, I mean, it sounds like you've had quite a lot of experiences and, um, like, really excited for this new stuff. Did you have one more track? I know that yeah, absolutely. this, this room is going to be used in about seven minutes, so we probably have to dip pretty Let's soon. See. I can show you. It doesn't have any horns. No, I'll show you something with horns on it. <laughs> yeah, dude, give us that horn. You're right, you're right. Yeah, we want to hear it. And, like, right now I'm writing horn melodies with the thought of writing lyrics to these, but... I don't know how to write lyrics, so if anybody wants to help with that. I have a feeling you probably do. You're just not putting effort into it. You're right. That's exactly what my homie Lyle said, damn it. That's exactly what Lyle said. He's just like, you just haven't tried. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I'm feeling right now, honestly. I'm that's just, exactly I'm it. guessing that's the I'm case. I'm just like, man, I've done everything else. I sat here and put all this shit together. I also have to... You know who said the same thing? Recess. Uh, I don't know if you know Drew. Yeah, Drew Birch. Drew Birch is the he was just on the podcast, and yeah. uh, we were at your show, but we didn't know we were both there. <laughs> and he was on the podcast like the next day, and he's like, "I didn't know that like Paris sang like that, dude." He's like, "He's got a really beautiful voice." I was like, "Yeah, me too, dude." Like, <laughs> shout out to Drew. I appreciate you. Yeah, so, I'm not the only person. Yeah, no, but yeah, no. You know, I sit here and I complain about having to do everything, but then this is exactly what I asked for. One. And then also, if I just sit back and think that, like, Stevie Wonder records every track. He records drums, bass, keys, vocals, all that shit. Let me stop complaining about doing everything. Yeah. All right, let's hear this track. Gotcha, let's hear this track. Gotcha. That was dope, dude. I like <laughs> that. You. That was a vibe for sure. Appreciate you. I feel you. like I'm drinking like some tequila sitting on a beach. Just like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. With your new cartridge. Yeah, like, you know. Hey, <laughs> you know, vibes, baby. Vibes. I like it. Yeah. Can yeah. Maybe show real quick because we don't have much time. Um, what's on your horns? Yes. Uh, let's see. Trumpet group. 
So glue compressor first. Um, it is EQ'd out um, of the way of the bass, and then I also usually chop shit around 10K-ish, 11K-ish. Um, and then, yeah, OTT. Um, I've got it at 20%. I don't really touch this a whole lot. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I honestly, a lot of times, don't either. I'll just dry wet it. Right. Yeah, so bring the amount to 20%. Um, and then there also should be, yeah, reverb, exactly. Nice. And I got 25% reverb. I also don't really touch any of the other parameters on this. Okay. Um, so I'm like, I can show you like a quick. You have no delay on there? Nah, just a little bounce of reverb. So I'll show you the horns by themselves. Okay. Nice. Let's see. Yeah, it sounds clean. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I like the OTT helps add that like breathy sound, I guess. I don't really know what it does. Like. It compresses and brightens a little bit. Got you. Basically. Um, I mean, you can make it do different stuff. but Yeah. No, nah, I mean, I use it. Whenever I throw it on, it adds this nice breathy sound to my trumpets. Yeah. Um, And then a touch of reverb, nothing too crazy. And then, yeah, each one of them has been. Melodyne. Not yeah. even Melodyned yet. Oh, yeah, okay. sometimes I go through just to make sure, you know, I don't want to send out anything Makes to anyone sense. that yeah. is out of tune. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to say before I knew about Melodyne, I would sit here and throw the tuner on here and go through note for note on my trumpets, bro. Oh, like yeah. very tedious. It's a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, I should just play in tune, duh. But trumpet doesn't work that easily. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are OGs out there that just play in tune all the time. I mean, you're pretty good. I try. So, I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah, some Melodyne on these hoes. And then... Makes sense. Well, I see people keep poking their head through that window <laughs> being like, why are you guys still here? <laughs> so we probably need to bounce. I know we started a little late, but yeah, dude, yeah. thanks for hanging on the podcast, Bro, man. It's I appreciate been really good me. hanging with you. Absolutely. Um, Same. Yeah, maybe have you back in the future once the Parisians like blowing up and doing a world <laughs> a world tour. I'll come back anytime, my G. Okay, yeah. let's go. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh go check out the links in the show notes. Give this man a follow. And uh we'll see you next time. Indeed, appreciate y'all. Bye bye. And stop button. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Do me a huge favor, hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. If you don't hate the podcast, please leave a five-star review. It would be really helpful to me. If you want to be the first to get new episodes, the latest updates, maybe some free sound libraries or packs or whatever, join the newsletter. Just go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter or check out the link in the show notes. If you didn't know, you could actually leave your thoughts on this podcast episode and other episodes on Spotify. Just leave a quick comment. Let me know what you think. And I will do my best to make this podcast even more awesome. Don't forget to give this guest a follow on the socials. Give him some love. Last but not least, I want to give a huge thank you to KMG Life Studios in Denver, Colorado for letting us use their space. And yeah, they also have some really cool Ableton Live training. Lots of good stuff. So check them out. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time.